Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Today, we are going to continue our discussion of the 10 song categories you need in your audition book. This topic was so expansive that I broke it into two separate episodes. The last episode, number two, we discussed the importance of our audition book as a way of representing who you are to the creative team and how each song should really provide a snapshot of your vocal strengths, your personality, and just your whole essence as a performer. We also talked about how your songs should be purposefully chosen so they aim toward the dream roles and shows within each category that you want to be in. We then went into detail describing the first three categories, which are number one, operetta, number two, vaudeville slash timpan alley, and number three, golden age musical theater. You guys, these eras cover so many great songs and they represent a large amount of the shows that are being produced year after year regionally and on Broadway. So make sure you go back and listen to that previous episode to hear all about those shows and the composers um, that you need to be listening to for audition song ideas. All right, today we are going to begin with category number four, post-Golden Age musical theater. This used to be called contemporary when I was in musical theater MFA world, um, getting my degree, but it's not contemporary. This category I consider 1968 to 1990 and 1990 was already 30 years ago, you guys. Okay. So I'm going to call this post golden age and things get a little fuzzy here. The golden age musicals continue, but in this time period, new styles emerge like concept musicals, director choreographer driven shows, folk rock musicals, mega musicals, and pop operas. And a few of these, as we continue this list, they actually are their own categories in and of themselves. Um, But what's important to know is that these shows, they have a different sound from what came before. There's a whole new era of um, pop music that has started to be created, and that's going to start to um, seep into the shows as well. Okay. So what shows you pick to draw on in this category really depends on your talents and your skills. Um, so let me give you just a list of some of these shows and you'll see if, if you're familiar, you're going to know like, oh, those are all a little bit different. You've got shows like Chorus Line, Chicago, um, which Chicago is a pastiche of the 1920s, but it still has some 70s stuff in it. Um, you've got Pippin. Mame, Mac and Mabel, Baby, Applause, They're Playing Our Song, Working, Nine, Cats, La Cage Folle, The Rink, The Mystery of Edwin Drood, Grand Hotel, 
City of Angels, which is an amazing jazz score, Once on This Island, Falsettos, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Sunset Boulevard, Ragtime is in this category. Again, it's a pastiche. It's in a different time period, but they're still very of the moment ways of writing musical theater in that show. So you can tell some of them are jazzy, some of them are 1920s, some of them are, um, you know, they continue that kind of Broadway sound like Mame and Mac and Mabel. Those are still golden age musicals or like the style of a book musical, but they have morphed because the composers are new, right? Because the sound in their ears is new. So you need new songs to fit these shows. The composers that you're looking at are Cy Coleman, Stephen Schwartz, Malpe and Shire, Charles Strauss, Jerry Herman, um, Marvin Hamlish, Kanderin Ebb, Maury Yeston, and Andrew Lloyd Webber. So this is sort of the next wave of composers that are doing these concept musicals, early, early rock musicals, but that'll become its own category as well. And then um, these director choreographer kind of driven shows as well. Let's move on. Category number five. Sondheim. Yes, Stephen Sondheim gets his own category. He is one of the new composers that emerges in the 1970s. Um, He writes music and lyrics, and he writes them in a very brand new way. They are intellectual and witty wordplay, which have been done before, but with this minimalist style of composition. And minimalism has a very specific meaning in music. It's actually using short melodic motifs repetitively and in many variations so that you don't, it's sort of like an economy of composition. You're using the fewest elements you can and exploring every variation. And if you listen to Sondheim's composition, he is very economical with his motifs. His shows still feature orchestral accompaniment. They're not in that rock musical category that is emerging. And they share some 70s harmonic influence that you're going to hear, like harmonies and melodies that are typically 70s feeling. But um, as he continues writing into the 80s, he really harnesses his own style that is unlike anything else. Also, his characters are not always easy to love. They're antiheroes and the themes and the songs explore sort of new emotional landscapes that we haven't explored in some of those traditional golden age songs. So the characters are, um, they're just different. They're telling different stories. So the songs you need for a Sondheim show are, you know, you need a Sondheim piece. It's plausible. It's possible to not use a Sondheim song because there are other people that have written songs kind of in that style, but oftentimes the auditors will ask for a Sondheim piece. Make sure to look at his complete library. Okay, don't just go to the hit list. Be wary of difficult accompaniment. Everybody tells you this about Sondheim, but you can find pieces that are manageable for auditions. That's the first thing. And secondly, if the theater is producing a Sondheim musical, they should have a pianist that can play his music. Yes, it's always nice to give the accompanist fewer roadblocks to playing your piece successfully. So a simpler accompaniment is great. But, you know, if you want to sing another hundred people, sing another hundred people or marry me a little or whatever it is. Okay. I've played all of those at auditions and they went fine. Um, Some specific shows of his to look at. Company, 
Follies, A Little Night Music, Sweeney Todd, Merrily We Roll Along, Sunday in the Park with George, Into the Woods, Assassins. Most of those shows I just said get produced on a regular basis. Um, Perhaps not Merrily We Roll Along because it wasn't a huge hit, but there's still some really good songs in it. And when you listen to that score, you're going to hear his other stuff all over the place. All right, next category. Are you with me still? I know it's a lot. I know it's many different composers and show names and all of that stuff, but um, it's all so good. And you've got time to figure this out. So category number six is the rock musical, not a jukebox musical. That's something else. This is rock musical where the music is written for the show. It's not something that was on the radio that got brought into a show. Um, This category is expansive. It begins in 1968 with hair. And I think it continues all the way to today where rock music is ubiquitous on Broadway. That means it's everywhere. Um, The styles thus, I mean, that are going to be covered is a huge range from basically late 60s, 70s, all the way to today. So you might need a few different pieces to target the different rock shows that you want to be in. Additionally, there's something else that's kind of tricky. It's that these very recent shows like um, like Mean Girls and Freaky Friday, for example, they have that rock influence because that's sort of undergirding everything now, but they also have contemporary musical theater vibes com- um, you know, woven in. I would say that's actually the most common style of show right now. It's a combination of pop music and contemporary musical theater. So you've got to pay attention to the audition notice. What kind of song do they want? Hopefully they give you something specific. And then also you have to pay attention to what role you're auditioning for. What kind of song do they have? Do they have one of the more rockin' songs or do they have one of the more contemporary musical theater songs? Okay. So if you're auditioning, let's say for Jesus Christ Superstar, it's pretty much all rock and folk style music and vocal styling, not too much in the way of traditional theater, vocal writing, unless you're going for Herod, of course, he's got his own thing. So for that show, you'd want something squarely in the 70s, like rock, folk world, for sure. But if you're auditioning, again, for something like Dear Evan Hansen, it's going, you're going to draw on pop influence shows as possibilities, and also contemporary musical theater as possibilities. Um, For example, I'm Alive from Next to Normal would be great for Dear Evan Hansen, or one of Jamie's songs from the last five years. Those shows are both rock influenced in the accompaniment um, and the vocal style is sort of what we'd call contemporary musical theater, but I'm Alive is more, um, Errant Vite actually delivers a more rock kind of vibe in his vocal than the um, last five years songs. So as you can see, the styles vary greatly in this category and you've got to pick something that makes sense for you. Where does your voice shine? What are the dream shows within this category and aim for those shows? Um, I'm going to give you, instead of composers, because there's like a million, here's just like a list of shows for you to sort of contextualize. Hair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell, Grease, Rocky Horror, The Wiz, Evita, Dreamgirls, Little Shop, Chess, Tommy, Hedwig, Bear, Aida, Rent, Hairspray, Spring Awakening, High Fidelity, Legally Blonde, Memphis, American Idiot, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, Spider-Man, Heathers, School of Rock, Batboy, In the Heights, Next to Normal, Legally Blonde, Once, Hamilton, Waitress, Mean Girls, etc. They're everywhere, you guys. And if you audition for a summer stock season, there's going to be one or two 
golden age musicals, and then there's going to be one or two contemporary rock musicals. Maybe not rock, but rock, sorry, not contemporary necessarily, but going back to 1968 to today, they're going to have some sort of more pop rock representative in their, um, in their season. That was a lot of shows. Okay. Category number seven that you must have in your book is pop opera. These musicals are mainly from the 80s and 90s, concurrent with post-golden age, concurrent with rock musicals. They feature epic, sweeping, serious stories, often mostly sung through with very little dialogue. And that's why I call them pop opera, not just me, everybody. Um, And they have high drama in the vocals, okay? Just like opera, very serious, very dramatic. There's nothing casual or colloquial about the style, but what makes them different from opera and operetta is that there's a pop influence in the melody writing and in the vocal styling. So yes, they sing legit, but they also belt. They have tremendous vocal control for these long lyrical phrases, but they're also doing scoops and some whines, um, and the chord structures are a little bit more like pop music than opera. You have to have this category in your book, and here is why. The Phantom of the Opera is in this category. It's still on Broadway, you guys. It's the longest running musical on Broadway, and it's been going since 80-something, right? Also, Les Mis and Miss Saigon. Those three shows in and of themselves should be reason enough for you to put this in your in your book. People love these shows and they're produced on tours and in regional theater and community theater. I mean, everybody does this stuff. If you want to be working and you can nail this kind of a vocal performance, you need to have this in your book. Again, combination of legit singing, but with pop sensibility and high drama. Some other shows to look at. The Pirate Queen, Jekyll and Hyde, Blood Brothers, The Scarlet Pimpernel, Lestat, The Count of Monte Cristo, and Dracula the Musical. You can see these are like the great literary works of human history at this point, and they're these sort of epic stories, okay? And some of them are very dark stories as well. The composers to look at, Bublil and Schoenberg, they did Les Mis, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Frank Wildhorn. Frank Wildhorn, this is his jam. He loves the pop with the high drama and dark storylines. Okay, next category, category number eight, is now what we call contemporary musical theater. I'm saying that this is from basically 1990 to today. In the 90s, musical theater was sort of reinvented again with a new generation of composers with new musical sounds in their ears because they had been listening to previous Broadway and they've been influenced by pop music. And these shows are now a new set of shows that you're going to need to find a song that matches. And these are still separate from rock musicals. Okay. Yes, they overlap. They're all being written at the same time, but they have a different vibe, energy, vocal style, chord structure, all of that stuff. As with all of the categories, you've got to figure out what your shows are in this era and pick the songs aiming towards your shows. I just want to keep reiterating that. There's sort of three... I would say sort of main ways that the songs and the musicals were reinvented at this time. Um, Number one, composers like Jason Robert Brown and William Finn really started writing these very noty melodic lines that reflected 
the um, like spoken rhythms of conversation. So instead of having like a basic blueprint of a melody and the singer interpreting and putting acting beats and back phrasing and all of that kind of stuff, every choice is sort of written into it. They've really thoughtfully composed and you've got to write them. I mean, you have to sing them exactly how they wrote them. Number two, the pop music influence or rock music. I use those interchangeably. Pop rock just means radio. Um, it starts to undergird all new musicals. So it's there. It's definitely in Jason Robert Brown. He's got a lot of rock and um, gospel and sort of country, Southern kind of stuff in his um, accompaniments. And William Finn has some rock energy, but the vocal style is not rock. You still have to sing it with contemporary musical theater tone. Number three, the third way songs were reinvented. Um, we have more composers that are writing standalone cabaret songs and song cycles. They are not part of a larger show, or maybe they were working toward that, but it never got that far. Um, so you've got songs that you can choose that um, aren't a part of a bigger show. They might not have a complete character arc, so you have to do a little bit more work on your own to really interpret them. But there are some beautiful standalone cabaret songs now. One word of warning regarding these cabaret songs is that they have not gone through that refining process that songs go through when they make it all the way to Broadway and they've gone through all of the backers auditions and the workshops and the readings and the out of town trial, all that stuff, right? Everything gets edited and edited to like the best polished version and the characters get more clearly drawn and all of that. So when you are, if you choose some of these cabaret songs, you know, it's hard to say they can be of a lower quality. They're not as clearly drawn characters and you don't want that. Um, but some of them are beautiful. So, you know, make the wise choice and always pay addition pay attention to the audition notice. Here are some of the shows. Last five years, Spelling Bee, Once on this Island, Caroline or Change, You're in Town, Come From Away, Grey Gardens, Little Fish, Big Fish, Title of Show, Wild Party, I would say both of them, um, the Lacusa and the Lippa, L uh, Little Women, Wicked, Fun Home, The Color Purple, Amelie, A Christmas Story, Elf, Dogfight, Shrek, Rocky, Ghost, if then. These are all contemporary musical theater. Composers to look at. Jason Robert Brown, Aaron's and Flaherty, William Finn, Andrew Lep Lippa, Michael John Lacusa, Adam Gettle, Kuman and Diamond, Kerrigan and Loudermilk, Joe Iconis, Scott Allen, Pasek and Paul, Heisler and Goldrich, and the list goes on. Okay, there's so many things, so many different composers. Also, I would say in, you know, throughout all of this, I'm thinking of shows that have been on Broadway, but there's also songs and shows that are off Broadway that um, don't get as much playing time or what am I trying to say? Regional theater. They might not get produced as much, but they're great songs to use as your audition because they might be by the same composer as like their big Broadway hit was. So I'm thinking of Aaron's and Flaherty as one of those possibilities. Category number eight, sorry. Um, it's like everybody has so much of con of contemporary musical theater in their book. Like the, the small, the tiny binder singer, it's usually all contemporary musical theater. And um, it's like only one part of such a huge canon of literature that you can choose from. So anyway, category number nine. Okay, this these are your radio top 40 hits. This is like actual 
pop, rock, R&B, etc. music from the radio. Um, and you're going to need a variety of cuts from this, okay? As we've already talked about, Broadway is full of pop musicals. And more and more, they're asking for actual top 40 radio hits. And this is specifically or especially appropriate when it's a jukebox musical. So when they're using, you know, the songs of Gloria Estefan and crafting a musical out of them, it's using all of her hits. So you're, they want you to use radio hits to um, audition for it. Other times singing from one of the aforementioned rock musicals is totally appropriate. It just depends on the audition notice. With so many rock musicals, you just need to have a variety that are not from the theater as well. This category, I admit, is sort of a trick category because you actually need like several different songs to cover the different rock genres. There may be certain genres of pop, rock music, etc., that you don't vibe with, and that's fine, but I would urge you to try to cover them all because you will be surprised, A, like how fun they are to sing, and B, how many different styles of shows there really are. Like a lot of people ask me, do I need a country song in my book? And I'm like, yes, yes, you do, because I'm going to list some shows in a minute and you're going to see some country ones in there. In the least, if you're just getting into it and getting all the genres I'm about to tell you for rock in your book is a little difficult. In the least, everyone needs something that shows a more aggressive style singing than contemporary musical theater, something with attitude, with vo rock vocal techniques like scoops, whines, that sort of straight tone nasality, because that is like the common thread of the new rock theater scores. Okay, so you need that kind of aggressive rock song. As for acting, oh, okay, you want to live in the music of these songs as if you were from that decade, okay? You're not going to act the storyline. You're going to live in the music as if you were, you know, a 15-year-old going to the Coachella of its day and listening to these bands actually perform. And how would you move if you were that 15-year-old, right? The way you would do that in 1972 is different than the way that you would do that in 2021. It's okay to feel the music in your body, to like tap your foot, clap your hand on your legs, snap, groove your shoulders, right? Because those are all things you would do if you were at a concert and you were listening, or if that person, the, con the singer was in their concert performing for you. You are going to perform as if you are the rock artist, okay? You're not a character in a show. You are the rock artist. You perform with the full knowledge that you're singing a song to other people. Again, in regular theater, the characters don't know they're in a musical, right? They're singing because that means they're at an elevated emotional state and talking isn't enough anymore. But when you're doing a rock song, you totally know you're performing the song. One additional tip I like to give about acting these songs is that um, you try to take on the persona of the songwriter. So when you sing the words, you want to act as if those are words that you wrote. They are born out of your life and your story. And when you sing it, you're sharing your story and your opinion about the world around you. It's the world that shaped you. Again, you're that 15-year-old kid that's gone through the historical stuff of that moment and that that music is born out of 
I'm thinking of like, you know, the civil rights movement and the Vietnam War and all of that stuff that was emerging um, and when you're talking about 60s and 70s and the kind of music that came out of that is very different than the music that is coming out in the 80s, right? It was like dancey, fun, excess, all of that kind of stuff. So first category would be Motown and that covers like 1950s, 1960s rock music and this this would be shows like Hairspray, Beautiful, the Carole King musical, Motown, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, Tina, All Shook Up, Dream Girls, Jersey Boys, A Bronx Tale, Memphis, Cry Baby, that kind of stuff. It's like Elvis, it's like Temptations, Supremes, girl groups, boy groups, um, that kind of stuff. Next category would be 70s and folk rock. So that is hair. The shows that represent this would be hair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell, A Night with Janis Joplin, which is like a solo show, but still. We Will Rock You, Rock of Ages, Almost Famous. Those are the kinds of shows that you're living in. And then disco and funk, which is at the same time period in the 70s, but it's a different person. Like the person that's going to the rock show in the 70s, it's probably not the same person that's going to the disco show. And that's true today. Like I might go see, I don't know, who might I go see? You might go see Lady Gaga, but you're not going to go see like Corn or Limp Biscuit or something like that. And those are like old examples too. You guys, I just totally just dated myself. So disco funk shows, there's going to be stuff in Dreamgirls, Mamma Mia, Tina, um, in Shrek, like Freak Flag would be one of those. And the um, Donkey Pot Pie song, like there are songs that are in musicals um, that are in this style that maybe not the whole show is like that. Sister Act and then the Donna Summer musical. Then you've got to have like 80s pop rock. That's for shows like Bodyguard, Wedding Singer, Rock of Ages, Head Over Heels, which is the Go-Go's jukebox musical, um, Kinky Boots, Taboo, Mamma Mia, Footloose, and 9 to 5. P.S. 9 to 5 has such good songs, you guys. Why does nobody sing those as audition songs? Okay. And then you get contemporary, and this is super wide range. It's like today, who are you? Pop, rock, R&B, hip hop, punk, Latin, like whoever you are in today's music and that fits the dream shows that you're aiming for, like American Idiot, Jagged Little Pill, Heathers, Six, Mean Girls, Legally Blonde, In the Heights, Hamilton, The Bodyguard, Pretty Woman, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, uh, Bring It On, Alter Boys, First Date, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, On Your Feet, which is the Gloria Stefan musical, and The Lightning Thief musical, which came out in 2019. That is such a cute score, you guys. And I say cute because it's like night, it's current British emo pop boy kind of singing. And it's so, it's really adorable. Yeah. So those are all very contemporary, whoever you are, if you're going to be like doing like Latin type pieces for in the Heights or on your feet, you know, let's see, legally blonde might not be your jam, or you could totally have a piece for both of those shows. Here's the country category. Yes, there are lots of country and bluegrass shows, and it would behoove you to have songs that would fit this category. Shows like Violet, Hands on a Hard Body, Bright Star, The Robber Bridegroom, Spitfire Girl, Pump Boys and Dinettes, Pretty Woman. Um, Pretty Woman? You guys, I didn't listen to that score until very recently. It's all like Faith Hill and Taylor Swift. Um, and then 9 to 5 and the Great American Trailer Park Musical, which is hysterical. 
So these shows have such good music and I know that they are going to be produced more and more often. Um, And then the last category is like the poetic, emotional kind of shows. And these are like Spring Awakening, Hades Town, Waitress, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet, um, and Once. I would put those all sort of in this where you need the pieces that are a little bit more like you're in another world, they're more intimate, that they're they're that like introspective, heartbroken kind of vibe. Okay. That's like my jam. Those are all my my shows and my style of music that I just like to listen to anyway. If you need ideas, hit me up. All right, we are closing in. Here's category number 10, y'all. And this is not so much a category of style, but here it is. The money cut. This is the one song out of all of your songs that shows your personality and your voice that you nail every time. You've sung it a million times. It is reliable and has booked you work. Okay. This song, you're not going to be able to just pick. You're going to have to like, it'll reveal itself after you've been auditioning for a while. And this is the song you would sing. Like if you had a blind audition where you didn't know what the show music sounded like, like it was for a new show maybe. Or if you had like a talent agent wanted to get a snapshot of who you are, like there was nothing specific. They just wanted to know like, who are you as a performer? You send them the song or you sing it for them. Um, If you're auditioning for a whole season of summer stock, pick your money cut that kind of shows you off so they could see how you might fit in any of those shows. Um, The other kind of blind audition or talent agent situation is like those auditions that many different theaters come to like city based auditions or like regional auditions. So you don't even, there's like so many shows that could be done. Like you can't really aim at one in particular. So you just do your money cut. Again, you'll discover this over time. Just pay attention to like how your songs land when you audition and do you feel really good about it? And were the people behind the table, like responding and smiling and talking to you and all that kind of stuff. Those songs will emerge. And then you guys, I have an 11th category. I know the title of this podcast is 10 audition song categories you need, but I thought you needed a bonus category because there's going to be songs where you're like, I don't know where this fits. She didn't talk about it. Here it is. The bonus category is for any song that A, could show like special talents that you have, B, could be a special character type that you're awesome for, or C, it applies to auditions that you get called in for really often. What do I mean by that? If you're classically trained and that is a huge selling point for you, put in an actual aria from an opera in addition to the lighter operetta piece from category one. If you love singing gospel or blues, if that is a talent that you have and you know how to style those, then you want to have a gospel piece or a blues piece ready to go. These songs are interspersed in a wide variety of shows, um, not just shows where it's all completely um, R&B or gospel or blues. So it depends on which characters you're aiming for. You might actually use that kind of song really often. And then like if you've done a lot of big band jazz singing, have a song like that in there because that's great for like cruises and casinos and professional wedding and cover bands. Like if your goal is to work, then you need to have the kind of music that people are hiring you for. And that is one of them. Also, if you're on like the Disney audition circuit, cruise lines, amusement parks, musicals, that kind of stuff, you're going to need to have a Disney song. So have that in there. Um, Other specialties could be like yodeling, 
celebrity impersonations. So if you have something that's special that doesn't fit these other categories, have a song that features it. All right, y'all, that's 10 categories and one bonus category. I know it's a lot and you may be wondering where to begin. So first, download the free reference guide checklist. Put it in the front of your book. It's chronological. It lists the composers and it has shows for you to look at. You got to have that. It'll like just be so much easier as you're doing this song hunting. Next, if you're the small binder singer with five songs, you need to start adding all these categories. You might be wondering, do I go chronologically? Do I pick one that seems fun or do I just pick the one that's hardest to get out of the way? I'm going to give you a strategy in a second. If you're the big binder singer with a million songs at your fingertips, you need to edit them. Select the best, most purposeful songs for audition book and then put them all into their categories um, and get your table of contents, all that together. If you're the old binder singer, you have to do both, right? You've got to keep the ones that are working for you that still apply to who you are as a performer and then start looking for those new pieces to showcase your current skill level and the character types that you can play right now. In all of the cases, they should be purposefully selected toward the work you want to be doing now. Okay. And here is a little practical strategy. I think it should be as practical a process as possible. One, look at the auditions that are coming up in your performance sphere. I know theater is like barely back on its legs right now. It's the beginning of 2021. Some people are starting to do shows, but look ahead in people's seasons or think about what are the shows that just kind of got wrapped up on Broadway in 2020 and are probably going to go now to national tour, that kind of stuff. But yeah, your college, your community theater, local regional or other parts of the country, regional, national tour, Broadway, pick the ones that are coming up that you want to be in and then figure out the category they are and then start looking for songs for those shows. So that's practical. Then number two, make a list of your dream roles in your shows and figure out which category or genre they're in and pick songs for those shows. Okay, that will give you a place to begin in this huge list of 10 plus a bonus category. Your book should always be aimed toward the work that you want, right? Not just what's being actually produced, but also what you want to be produced. For any categories that are empty, use the checklist that you're going to download and start listening to shows by those composers, do a little research and figure out who you might be in that era and what kind of shows you gravitate toward and then start picking out songs for those shows. Lastly, would you just make a flipping table of contents? I can't stand when singers come in and they don't have a table of contents and you know who you are. You show up with your disorganized jumble of full length songs and 16 bar cuts and 32 bar cuts in no particular order. And I just want to say, stop it. Okay. That table of contents first lets the accompanist who is often the music director or the associate music director see who you are in a quick glance and it shows that you're organized and you want to do that. And B, having your contents will give you a sense of accomplishment as you start filling in the categories and it's going to keep you inspired to continue fine tuning your book. And yes, it may be in flux as you try songs out, as you purge, as you put new ones in, you may have to retype it or cross something out. That's okay, but you still need some sort of list to keep track of in the front of your book. If you're not sure which category a song falls into, send me an email, studyingthesong at gmail.com or DM me at studyingthesong on Instagram and I will give you feedback on where to place it. 
That was a tremendous amount of information. Remember, you can visit koriyamaoka.com forward slash resources to download that audition book categories checklist, and you will have all of this information at your fingertips. Okay, here are the takeaways for today. Number one, for every generation of composers, there is a new sound on Broadway, and that means you need a new audition song for that time period. Number two, When auditioning for rock musicals and jukebox musicals, pay attention to the audition notice to see whether they want a song from a show or a song that is from radio top 40 hits. Number three, when using standalone cabaret songs, choose songs that feature fully drawn characters and clear emotional moments. Remember, they haven't gone through the refining process that songs from Broadway shows have been through. Number four, there may be certain categories of rock radio top 40 songs that you don't vibe with, but try singing them all. You might be surprised by how fun they are to sing and how many different styles of shows you can audition for. Number five, pay attention to which audition songs elicit the most positive response from the audition panel and put those songs into your money song category. Number six, create a table of contents for your book. It will show the accompanist that you're organized and allow them to see who you are at a glance, and it will help keep you motivated as you fill each category and genre. All right, if today's show resonated with you or if you think someone else might benefit from hearing it, please consider sharing this episode with them. Send them a link or a screenshot or post a screenshot on Instagram and tag me. Um, You can also leave a review of the podcast anytime and that helps us get seen in search so that other people can find the show and start working on their own performance journey. Thank you so much for listening. I know you have a million other ways you could be spending your precious time and it means so much that you chose to spend some of it here with me. See you next time. (music) 